hissing, like whistling, like a boiling lobster. Never get a doctor to look at it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Podquisition. I am your stupid host. I was going to say something clever, like like. <laughs> I wanted to say inveterate, but then I forgot what that word meant momentarily, and it was wrong anyway, so I just said stupid. But I'm Jim Sterling. Um, I'm joined by Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you both doing today? I'm doing all right. good. Yeah. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Yeah. That other voice there, that, that, that pop star voice you can hear there, that's Gavin. Hello, Gavin, the miracle of sound. Good evening. Hello. So you can Or morning about... for you, I think. It is is, it? it's, it's, it's noon now. High noon. Um, cool. I saw you complaining on Twitter about you're not you're not <laughs> Me a cover complaining band. on Twitter, no. <laughs> People Never. asking you to do covers of songs. Yeah, it's not really a complaint. It's just pointing out it's completely wasted on me because I don't do covers and you don't do it. Yeah, you don't I'm, do it. I'm not a jukebox and as much as much as I want you to do how you remind me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you won't do it. <laughs> no, you know the problem with that because once you do once you do that. It opens the floodgates for uh, people know you then as the covers guy, and they, the they your guy. your comments are just requests for different yeah. cover versions, and I don't want that to happen. I'd like Laura to cover it, but like in a in a music video where she's tapping glass and trying to make the glass sound like the music, <laughs> like the actual guitars. That would be probably. I want to hear Laura do the Black Parade on the ocarina. (laughs) That's the cover version I'm requesting right now. (laughs) I am. I am struggling to just master Zelda's lullaby, so the Black Parade might be a little bit out of my wheelhouse for now. But we'll see when I get there. First of all, I have to find somewhere that has sheet sheet music on the ocarina for the Black Parade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got a. Can you read sheet music? I can read ocarina sheet music because well, well then Laura you can you can officially read more sheet music than I can. I can read clarinet sheet music. I can do mm. that. I can read drum sheet music. There are a lot of good musicians that don't read music at all. Like Jeff yeah. Lynne who did ELO and has been like a major producer for like George Harrison, Paul McCartney, mm. and I think <clears> even some of the more modern pop stars. Um you know, my musical hero uh can't read a note of the fucking stuff. Just just does it all by learning. You find with a lot of the very kind of out there creative musicians, they never learned. They just kind of picked up an instrument and taught themselves. Yeah, and that's what gives them that day. unique sounding feel to their music. The Which Beatles never learned music. No, I mean you can mm. tell that by listening to their albums. <coughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the Beatles. I just <laughs> I just felt like being a dick just then. <laughs> Um, okay, well, there's a lot been going on this week. <gasps> oh, oh, can I talk about the thing that I think is really exciting? You can talk about anything you want on this show. Now now that you've said I can talk about anything I want, I don't want to talk about the thing <laughs> I was planning to talk about. Let's forget video games, I'll talk about that weird growth on my back or something, but no. <laughs> Fallout 4 kind of accidentally got confirmed this week. It's legit happening now. It's real. It's woo-woo. You know what? Get on hype train. Until, until I see Bethesda announce it at E3, I won't believe it. Yeah, I. while I completely understand not wanting to... Oh, oh, I've worked out what it is that's setting this off. My phone near my Wi-Fi bit of my computer's throwing a hissy fit. Anyway, let's try that again. So the thing, like, I completely understand not wanting to believe it's real until we see it announced on stage at E3. But basically, what happened this week was there was a there was a there was a LinkedIn profile, as all the big stories seem to be coming from these days, 
where someone who does a lot of work on CG trailers for games said, hey, I spent December 2014 to March 2015 working for Mirada Studios, which is Guillermo del Toro's CG studio, making a Fallout 4 trailer. And then he very quickly removed that after people started reporting on it. And I was willing to believe that, like, this seems legit, but, you know, it might be fake. There might be, he might have been trying to pull a fast one to get a job or something. And then I got an email from Marada Studios, in which they confirmed to me that somebody had broken NDA, but it wasn't us at Destructoid. So someone signed an NDA that was broken that day by Marada Studios that was broken by mentioning Fallout 4 cinematic trailer made by Marada Studios, which suggests that that's a real trailer that got made. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the very least, it... it something was being worked on, whether it will be the... I upset people on Twitter, though, because I quote... Because you did the story, and I quoted the story on Twitter, um, while adding that because Del Toro was the the headline, you know, (laughs) Del Toro's company working on Fallout 4 trailer, I quoted it by saying, well, we can take that to mean Fallout 4's been cancelled. And people said, I misread that and had a heart attack, Jim. Don't don't fuck with us like that. Yeah, I nearly <laughs> fell over when I saw that. <laughs> oh, Poor goodness. Del Toro, but he's trying. He is, and he's probably not in any way connected to this project anyway, because he owns that company, but he's very <clears> hands-off <throat> with it, from yeah. what I can tell. But mm-hmm. yeah, Marada Studios have some kind of NDA that means that you're not allowed to talk about Fallout 4 cinematic trailers. Yeah, yeah no, you know what? Until I see it on the stage at E3, I'm not going to get my hopes up. Because <laughs> I cannot hedge. take another year of disappointment about that mm-hmm. game. I, I cannot imagine for the life of me they're not doing it. I mean, we talked before about how everything they mention on their, mm. their Facebook and everything is just met with comment after comment just saying Fallout 4. Mm. I mean, there's... I, I see no conceivable... Way. But then again, I if mean... If they it, don't, the backlash will be astonishing. It will be beautiful. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. it does not matter what they show at E3. If, it's, if Fallout 4 yeah. is not there, then they're going to be worst thing of the show, riots at their doors, where yeah. the fuck is the Fallout 4? The only way 4? they could have... Like EA, EA and Microsoft could get together and say they've announced a new system where someone stands behind you while you play EA games on Xbox, forces you to install Origin and punches you in the head every time you don't buy a microtransaction and the rage would not be as bad as if Bethesda don't announce mm. Fallout 4. The only way they could counter it is if they somehow simultaneously said they're not working on Fallout 4, but here's a trailer for Half-Life 3. That's the only way they could mitigate the, the f- well, Maybe, the, the yeah. quote-unquote fallout from that issue. Or uh, that was a, announce- a legit joke I just did. <laughs> that, that was Podquisition's very first joke. <laughs> and it's, it's killed the mood. <laughs> well, I, I didn't hear the joke because I was talking over you, so... It's all right. It's 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 literally not worth replacing. Um, so yeah, Fallout Four uh, NDAs, uh, breaking news, uh, exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to E three, kind of. I mean, as I've... much as I look forward to watching an industry bend over and suck its own cock. You know what's the most fun about E three is Twitter. I swear, yes. Twitter. That is some of the most fun days of the year for me are the, the three days of E3 where we all sit around and just make snarky comments on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get a sublime joy like live commentating, like like 
actual reactions mixed mm. in with things I've made up. Like, you know, Reggie Fees and Me's just sat on a tomato yeah. ketchup bottle with his pants down and he's loving it. Um, you know, yeah, he you... thinks about companies unleashing bees on the audience and stuff. I love all that. The wonderful thing about E3 is that it's the one thing that pretty much in our audience, it's not esoteric. It's the one thing that everybody watches. And yeah. when you make these tweets mm. without having to say what it's about, everyone knows exactly what you're talking about because everyone's watching E3. And I really love that. There's a real sense of fun and community about it. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Like, it's it's where I envy a lot of sports fans, you know, that feel united mm -hmm. by an event. Like a World Cup final, I'm not a part of that. And yet I see, and I, I love observing that shared um, experience. Yeah. It's just not one that means anything to me. And E3 is about as close <clears> as I get uh, to, to, as you say, just this mm -hmm. everyone in our sort of world that we have here online knows Going together. exactly what we're talking about and is all sort you of see, into it. You see it happen quite a lot amongst people on the feed who follow eSports. There's mm -hmm. a lot of that, mm -hmm. but I I just don't really have an interest in that. I think it's awesome that it's it's getting to where it is. It's just for me, it, competitive stuff doesn't interest me. But, you know, yeah. I think it's cool that gaming is becoming bigger that way. And it's cool when people have that unifying thing they can just blab about on Twitter that everyone's like, yep, I know what he's talking about. It's, it's, it's nice. And it, it brings people together, which is important. Yeah, every uh, E3 brings everyone together in, you know, unified hatred of the games industry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of unified, though, because we can go from unified hatred to unified love. Well, here we um, go. Because we've got, um, well, two big Kickstarter things happened uh, while we were gone. Actually, did you call <gasps> any happen before last podcast or not? But... Either way, uh, we'll talk about it now because I don't think we talked about it. We've got fucking X-Rare guys with Ukulele, uh, their follow-up to Banjo-Kazooie, getting funded in like 40 minutes on Kickstarter and just continuing to print cash. And then we've got fucking uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, the friggin' follow-up to, to Castle, the Castlevania that Konami won't do. Um, as I've said on Twitter and will say here and will say on Jimquisition next week, Kickstarter does what Konami isn't. That that is probably the best thing I've ever said. Um, we've got that fucking going, just just all <laughs> sorts of explosive on Kickstarter. Like we, these are the reanimators we've got now. This is what I'm calling them. Between them, double fine with the adventure stuff, um, Obsidian with Pillars of Eternity. We've got these these guys that were part of the machine that have broken off, and I'm probably should stop talking because I'm using up all my material for Monday's episode, but. It's an exciting fucking time. There's a lot of people who have been sad lately. It's like, oh, well, Silent Hill's been cancelled and, and uh, uh, we won't get another Castlevania like <coughs> it used to be. And it's like, you know what? I'm I'm happy about it because I'm happy that, that even if the, the name brand is no longer tenable, uh, these off-name bands are, are more legitimate now than the actual official product. Like, fucking, this, this bloodstained ritual of the night is going to be more... A more real Castlevania game than anything with the Castlevania TM name on it, uh, and that's that's a fucking that's a time to be alive, my friends. Yeah, regardless of the quality of the game, the video he made was the best Kickstarter <laughs> video I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I the the gif of of him um, like I, I don't want to. We really should say his name, but I. I don't know a lot of Japanese pronunciation, and I don't want to be the worst human, uh, so I didn't want to be the first okay. one to try. Um, so I'll I, give I, it a go. What, what yeah. it's 
Wait, no, what's it? Bloodstained. It's going to be wrong, by the way. I can't speak Japanese for shit. But, so. but then it's on your shoulders and I'm okay. That's it's, all Yeah, matters. yeah. I- Igarashi, I think. Is it Igarashi? Igarashi. Yeah, I mean, see, see I know the name. It's, Is it Igarashi? I don't want to say his name out loud. Um, Koji Igarashi. Koji Igarashi, right? Now, you've said it and I just copied you, so it wasn't me. Because um, I had trouble, because someone had a go at me on my last um, Konami video saying it really annoys them when, when Westerners pronounce stuff wrong. Uh, and, and so I sat there before I recorded last week's Jumquisition listening to a man on YouTube pronouncing it. Just, just It's a mm. loop. It's just Konami. Well, he, has oh, no. he heard Japanese people speaking English, though? <laughs> you know. Well, this person was was um, um, American, I believe. It was someone yeah. on NeoGAF. Uh, and but I, I take these criticisms. To I mean, and there's the languages are so different that people from each one, it's practically impossible for us to pronounce them properly. Like it is true. I mean, but 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 I I take criticism on the nose too much. So that leads to me sat there. Starting up my recording, going so. P- Konami has has tried to scrub all instances of Hideo. Fucking hell, not Hideo, Hideo, you fool! Uh, that was my uh, weekend this weekend. Just just Hideo, 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 Kojima, like that, just over and over, like some sort of ill person. Um, but but anyway, we've really moved off the point. I was talking about a gif of of Igarashi. Um, that bit where he just says that the publishers of the world told him that you know he couldn't make that kind of game anymore, and then just throws the fucking wine glass and stands up and says, "But I know they're wrong." Mm-hmm. Um, he he is. I just love how classy that man is. Like he really he's classy and cheesy at the same time. Like he lives up the whole campness mm-hmm. of of Symphony of the Night with the wine glass and Dracula and everything, and turning into bats at the end of his video. But he seems to do it in such a classy way that lends respectability to these B-movie special effects going on around him. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and then the special effects at the very end where he like, does he like turn into a vampire? Or he turns into turns something into and flies off. Turns into a bunch of bats. Turns yeah. into a whole bunch of bats and <laughs> <Yeah>. flies off. <laughs> How could you not fund yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, again, Disclosia, I have backed both Platonic um, and Igarashi's projects. Um, I've, I've made, I, I mean, I fucking do the tweet, you know, when you tweet uh, back something on Kickstarter and then you press a button and says says on your Twitter, you know, I back this. Uh, so I have disclosed the shit out of it. But my reasons for doing so are purely out of spite and malice. I want to point that out right now. Um, <laughs> because, you know, Microsoft drove Rare into the ground and won't let them make fun things like Banjo-Kazooie. And uh, Konami is Konami. Um, so really, it, it I, I, I donated, like, a lot to... Not, not, like, huge. Not, like, thousands. But I donated more than I normally would on any project to the uh, um, sim- uh, symphony, I was going to say, Ritual of the Night one, <laughs> out of pure <laughs> disgust for Konami. Like, the amount of money I gave to that project is um, in line with my hatred of, of that company from which they broke free. It's amazing when spice is a motivator. You can do some wonderful things. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say which one, but one of my best ever songs was made purely out of spite from being dropped out of the actual game. <laughs> uh, I think if I learned one thing this week from watching those Kickstarters, it, it is just... Take a thing that people used to like and has not existed for a while, 
get the team that used to make that thing and haven't been allowed to make that thing for a while, get them to make the thing they used to make, and you will have a lot of money on your hands. Yeah, mm. I mean, pretty much. That's, I mean, yeah. I, Were I any of the original for... Maxis team involved in City Skylines? I don't know. Because that's been doing real well, hasn't it? It's been doing fantastically. I mean, that's it's it, there's a long history of this. It's not just this recent Kickstarter thing, but these... Like, we saw it with War for the Overworld and uh, Dungeons 2. So it sort of stepped mm. in after EA... And Wasteland 2. dropped the ball with um, like, um, Wasteland, yeah. Like, Brian Fargo's um, Kickstarter for that was literally that, him talking to a publisher who was, like, a 10-year-old kid <laughs> and trying to explain the way he wanted to do it. And the kid's like, yeah, okay, cool. We want to make it a first-person shooter. Like, yeah, I mean, just just the big publishers have left these huge gaps in the market, mm-hmm. uh, forgetting that that those gaps still have significant audiences in them. Uh, yeah. But because the publisher model is so much of of, of we we don't want some money, we want all of the money. Can um, you can know. you sell twenty million copies? If not, we're not we're not even going to exactly. try. Yeah, they, it they doesn't matter if we can make a profit unless we can make all of the profit. Exactly. I mean, I've spoken to developers on this issue. I did a video on this issue um, several quite a few months back, um, where where a developer who's who got to break out of that machine told me straight up, just you're on the nail there, like. They could be making like like this this you know uh, consistent money, but they don't want consistent money. They want big money, you know. They want these these huge spikes, and they're happy to discard anything that doesn't do that. Like it's it's why recently Sega said that the sales for Alien Isolation were weak. Alien Isolation is a survival horror game that sold 2.1 million copies. No, 2.11 million copies. That's weak. In context, that is not weak. That's just (coughs) you deciding that every single game needs to sell 6 to 10 million. Mm. Well, didn't the Tomb Raider reboot, when it was initially launched on the last generation of consoles, it sold like 4 million, and it was like, nope, it's a failure, it didn't sell enough. Mm. Yep, Square Enix did that with... uh, Tomb Raider. Hasn't it done nearly 6 million now? One of them did. I forget the exact numbers. Sleeping Dogs, um, Hitman, and Tomb Raider each got like, like, one of them got like 3 million, one about 4 or 5, one about 6 million, and they were Mm. all considered disappointments. I'm I'm sure even Resi 6, which sold bulk loads, they were disappointed with that um, game sales figures as well. I mean, it's it's just, they, 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 they. they don't scale their expectations, and uh, mm-hmm. meanwhile, uh, you know, as much as people criticise Bethesda, uh, and they, it's it's not like they're above reproach. They do some you know rubbish things now and then, uh, but you know they bring out something like Dishonored, and they're they're thrilled with how it did because they mm-hmm. they tailored their expectations mm-hmm. to what they were doing. They knew they were doing a single player mm-hmm. um, experience with a, a relatively short running time and a new IP. Uh, mm-hmm. They understood uh, what that meant in the market, and they weren't upset. We saw this with Demon Souls, a game mm-hmm. that actually had to print more on demand because they didn't produce enough copies uh, wow. for, the, for the amount of people that wanted to play it uh, because they didn't go over fucking board with their budget beforehand. They didn't put the cart before the horse. And Demon mm. Soul, I mean, look where the Soul series is now. Uh, so it just, it frustrates me no end. And it's like, I, it's not like I don't get the the big budget industry is is a whole big gamble. Um, but if if you're already in the game, 
why aren't you throwing more dice? <laughs> you know. Well, it's it's the way that I looked at something like um, was it Ubisoft that put out that game about the robot um that was trying to climb up a big vine? What was that called? That, that was came out grow recently? home. Grow um, home. Yeah, I thought it was grow something, but yeah, it's like grow home was Ubisoft being like, hey, let's launch a new IP on a smaller scale that's not going to need to reach these ridiculous targets. See how people react to it. If it goes well, we can scale up our expectations for a sequel or whatever. If not, we made a little thing and we didn't take too big of a risk. Well, Ubisoft yeah. did that a bunch of times last year. I mean, there was the um, the the World War Two one, and there was Child of Light, and yeah, yeah, Valiant Hearts and Valiant Child Hearts. Of that's Light. the one yeah. I was trying to think but, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft actually did pretty decently last year. I will give them credit for the fact they they tried some smaller scale stuff and scaled their expectations. Did you actually? Um, At this point, did you guys I just watch have the, to, the thing? I just got to say, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I've just got to say um, that Ubisoft is a big pulsating testicle full of human feces. Um, I just got to get that in there because we are praising Ubisoft, and I actually agree with you guys. Um, but I did do you guys see the the launch thing yesterday where they directly addressed the poor reception to Unity? I went to sleep mm. while while everyone was talking about Assassin's Creed Syndicate uh, and tweeting about it, and it was going on. I literally went back to bed in the afternoon and slept for an hour and got up until it was done because I do not want to hear them misuse the word iconic again, which they did. No, they actually like did a a whole segment of that video saying how they fucked up with Unity I and did how hear about it. technically I heard about it was it. broken. I was like, that's very, that was very humble. Yeah. It, here's the thing. Peter I kind of, says the same thing. Well, that's what but I was about you know to what? fucking you say. Have to, I, you, you've I, got to feel for the developers because there's such a, people forget there's a difference between the publisher and the developer. You know, and you could see it on, these people were the people who actually had to sit there and code their asses off. And when they're, they, they said it, when you've done that much work on something and it's, that flawed and that poorly received it's heartbreaking like and that what it's not well, the developer's fault it's the publisher's fault well i was i was going to say the exact same as jim which is that while like i did watch that presentation and i wanted to mm. take that apology as sincere a lot of it came away like the thought that came to my mind was this feels like a molyneux situation this is an apology while we're trying to sell you the new thing it's we're sorry about the last yeah. thing the last thing was shit this thing will be better we promise and it just felt very familiar after the beginning of this year, and I was like, "Oh, oh, it's an no. Apollo um, And the thing is, it's 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 familiar by Ubisoft standards. They the U in Ubisoft could stand for U-turn. The amount of times they do it, um, you know, these are the guys that are like, you know, they'll bring out DRM and say our DRM's working, and if you don't like it, well, tough because it, it's successful. And then a year later, say DRM was such a mistake, and it's so so against consumers, and we're not like that. Uh, all the while, while they still have you play fucking with its sticky fingers and everything, uh, it it I do want to feel for it, and and I it's not like I go to bed laughing at night when I trash something. Um, you know, I I I do feel for the position developers are in. I mean, part of the mm. reason why Jim Quisition is the show it is it is is because I love games and I I love what game developers can create, and I hate how the business around it ruins it. And I don't doubt that the people on the ground floor who were working hard on Unity, uh, were probably fucked by Ubisoft rushing it out the door and mandating a lot of stuff. But at the same time, uh, the apology has come very late, 
And it's clear that they wouldn't have said it if Ubisoft hadn't have greenlit that apology. And that's the bit that I find cynical, is the fact that Ubisoft, as a, as a publisher, is like, okay, now it's ready for you guys to admit that, that Unity was a disappointment, <coughs> so that we can start talking about Syndicate and how iconic it is. Mm. Oh, I do have two two minor, com- well, minor, yeah, we'll see how minor they are by the time the game comes out, but complaints about the Syndicate um, reveal. So, number one, they've tried to avoid going around using the word pre-order, so their new word is they're now using reserve your copy, and they're very heavily using the word reserve to avoid having to say pre-order. Reserve pre-order was what I did with like, my Transformers comics in the newsagent in the 80s. So that is their new word. You won't hear Ubisoft refer to pre-ordering Syndicate. It is, you reserve a copy. That's good. That's good, actually, because I have a lot of reservations about Assassin's Creed Syndicate. So there's another joke for you. It was so (laughs) weird yesterday. Like, on social media, it was just all this, like, pissing and moaning and negativity all over my Twitter. I know, it was And I was just sitting there going, I get to ride horses around Victorian London. Awesome. I, some... I do have some praise for it, and I will get to my praise, but first I want to do my complaining about Ubisoft. So, okay. <laughs> no, my other complaint, and this is like, we'll see how this pans out, but it was very exciting when during the stream they revealed that, hey, there's going to be a playable female character that you can play as and you can switch to at any time, and... Then we got details on that started to surface outside of the stream, and it's, well, you can switch to the female character at any time on the overworld when you're not in a mission, but you'll only be able to play about a quarter of the of the story missions. Well, like, a quarter of the missions, maybe you'll be able to play as this female character, and none of the ones that are important to the core plot. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the funny... The, the funny thing I find about that, I mean, because I called it back when Unity had its controversy about, you know, four playable characters, mm. all the same dude. And I called it, I can't remember if I did it on a Jimquisition or if I tweeted, I've been trying to find evidence of it because I want to add it to my list of prophecies that have come true. Uh, where I said Ubisoft's next Assassin's Creed, like main Assassin's Creed game, they'll have a woman in it and they will do it expecting praise uh, for being so progressive and they'll forget that time that they told us they didn't have the resources to do it. Um, mm. And and what really makes me laugh about this is companies like Bioware get accused of quote-unquote pandering uh, because they put um, an emphasis on, on female characters, because they put an emphasis on, um, um, you know, gay characters, trans characters, uh, all this stuff, and give them equal... Uh, equal billing with the straight cis uh, characters, you know? And they get called out for pandering. But you look at what Ubisoft's done here... That is what pandering looks like mm. when it's this half-assed, like, like not really integrated in. You're the, doing it like that's what tokenism looks. You know, you know what to me like this entire implementation of the female character in Syndicate felt like to me, and it was a fairly recent release. It was um, Gat Out of Hell mm-hmm. from Saints Row, which I knew was you the were mention that, yeah, yeah, because that like that when people started like digging up these details about what this how playable this character was actually going to be, that's all I could think about, which is you can switch to a female playable character at any time, but the cutscenes will never reference that you're playing as the female character. They will always reference, oh look what the male character did. It's like, no, fuck you, the female character did that. And then yeah. it will take away control from you during important 
gameplay moments because of course the woman can't do it the man's got to do it and that very much feels yeah. like where they're going with syndicate and i'm like oh really again and it's like you know i've got no problem with a company um with the developer telling the story they want to tell they want to tell a story about a dude they want to tell or if in ubisoft's case they want to tell a dozen stories about the same angry <laughs> dude who's lost a family member fine um you know i've got no problem with final yeah, fantasy 15 because they want all you know that all boy group and that's the story they want to tell and yeah, no one just, should force them just, not to do it just um, don't pretend you're telling another fucking story yeah just 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 don't yeah that that was always my problem with unity when they said we don't have the resources for it it's like no just tell us you want you you just you don't want the woman there I will respect that. I, I don't believe mm. you should be forced. I've said this before. I don't believe you should be forced to um, include a character if you don't want to, if creatively that's not your thing, dude. Uh, mm. But at the same time, like, just don't feed us a line of bullshit. I have infinitely more respect for the Final Fantasy guys saying all of these characters are boys because we wanted them to be uh, than I do for all this this mealy-mouthed fucking we don't have the resources yeah, for all this. I well, remember. here's one. She's in a little few off-story missions. Now shut up because we've done it. I remember Dan Hauser doing an interview about how all of the GTA characters were male and he was like, well, you know, that was just the story we're telling. It's a story about men. Mm. It's a story about very masculine hyper masculine story about men and no one was satisfied with that they were still bitching and bitching and bitching I about was. it <laughs> I, I i'm consistent here i was satisfied by that answer i'm I fine was, with I, it. I was satisfied with that answer as well but that that didn't stop me writing an article for kotaku about how they could have put a female character in there oh, they doesn't change the fact i was still uh, like i was fine with them doing an all-male cast they definitely could have i mean that that's the big difference i think a lot of people misunderstand because they think any, they think any criticism now is someone trying to dictate or, or censor or whatever. Mm. Um, but I'm satisfied with the answer that, however, I do think it would be fucking awesome to have a, a, a woman as a GTA character. I think yeah. that with Grand Theft Auto yeah, 5, they really had cool. three characters. It was a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it would be interesting. And, and, and it is a shame that we haven't seen it yet. And I would love for Rockstar to give it a go. Um, when they're ready to do so, and mm. and even though uh, I'm just trying to remember the the way I said it, because the video I did on this kind of stuff was a long time ago. Um, you know, developers have the right; any creative person has the right to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, but at the same time, there are strings attached to that freedom. In that, some people are going to criticize. Some people are going to say, "Well, I would have mm. loved for this to have happened." Um, freedom, freedom of speech, and a freedom of creative expression are not freedom from criticism. So you're welcome much. to make yeah. those things, but I'm also exactly. welcome to say, well, I'd have liked to have seen it done better. Exactly. Or different. Yeah. So, you know, total but respect to, to Assassin's Creed Syndicate and what it's doing. But, um, you know, I'm going to stop now because I'm going to let Gavin speak because I keep cutting off. <laughs> Just going back to Bioware, um, I think their games for me are really demonstrative of the attitude, or not the attitude, but rather the phenomenon that things that you feel are political or inserting politics they don't really feel that way when they're of your own political persuasion mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i i can remember always playing games and feeling kind of about the women characters and you know it was never a thing where i'd go on the internet bitching about it or whatever i just it was always a bit bleh. and bioware's games were the first ones that seemed to naturally fit into my worldview the way they treated like gay characters and stuff like that 
and it didn't feel political to me, whereas it did to other people because it aligned with my own very kind of left-leaning um, exactly, views. Yeah. Does I that mean, make any sense? No, it totally makes sense because yeah. everything everything is political. In, I mean, this argument has mm. been going on a lot lately, and I, I don't want to retread it because it is, it's kind of like a worn record right now, mm. but everything is political in its own weird way. Um, you know, right back to fucking environmentalist messages in old um, Genesis and SNES games, you know. Mm. Um, it's all in... It, 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 just because they're politics we agree with, um, uh, we, we don't see it so much. Uh, because to mm. us, it's, the, it's our status quo way of thinking. So when we say we don't want political games or politics in our games, uh, what you're really arguing for, even if you're not quite aware of it, is is you want a game that specifically reinforces your worldview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A game that doesn't make you in any way question how you view the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the game discussion equivalent of someone saying you don't have an accent or I don't have an accent. When everyone has an accent, uh, you're just living where you are, where everyone else has the same accent as you. Yeah. Um, it, it's that kind of equivalent, uh, that kind of, dare I say the word, bias, uh, that uh, sort of affects the way you're, you're viewing things. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all good. Yeah. Kind of. So, you know, I, I've been complaining a bit about Syndicate during this. I do have one more complaint, a little tiny one that I just think is funny. And then I want to talk. I do actually think it looks kind of good. So my last little bit is I think that their uh, their official tagline for this one, which is um, end the oppression, I think is kind of hilarious. Like there is something that makes me chuckle about like, hey, here is the series about angry white man doing his angry white man thing. And yeah. the oppression kind of made me laugh. Otherwise, because <laughs> it's set in Britain, Victorian Britain, and we all know where that ends up in 2015. So it's already a <laughs> failure of a tagline. And also, that was just before the uh, the Irish famine, and that was when Ireland was at its absolute worst under the the British rule. So I'm wondering, will that be addressed in the game? Address that in the game, you. Yeah. They they won't. <laughs> this will be like, hey, we're going to have the tagline of stop the oppression and we're going to ignore all of the oppression that happened just after this game. Because that'll happen. That said, I really bloody love the look of this setting. I really like the idea oh, of playing an Assassin's Creed. Isn't it's beautiful, isn't it? Just, it's, it is I saw just the city, far enough like, into the past that it's shit. like, yeah, here are cars and steam trains mm. and underground boxing rings and mm. it's in Britain, and there's a big Ben. Ooh, I kind of like mm. this. Like, Dishonored did this hyper-real version of London that was amazing, and now we get to explore this more, and I say this purely on a visual level, visually authentic. Uh, but I don't mean, like, realistic, I just mean visually authentic. It's going to be really, really cool. I hope I like it. I mean, the, mm. the trouble is, is, is they can add the aesthetic all they want my big problem with unity aside from the glitches was how dated it felt like it's not mm. as a series it's not progressed while others in the genre mm. have you know shadow of mordor came out the arkham series has have been progressing that style of of, of predatory stealth and everything mm. uh, and and unity felt so slow it felt slow and it felt tired and it felt old well uh, actually no even coat of paint's gonna change that even assassin's creed 3 and black flag had much better combat than than unity actually like, i mean i just don't because is it, is it is it a different studio doing syndicate yes i think so yeah 
I think someone mentioned that to me. I, I'm going to watch the presentation. I just did mm. not want to put up with it yesterday. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. So maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll do something new with it because I think Ubisoft Montpellier have um, demonstrated by now that they are so, so much in a comfort rut uh, that the, they really need to try something mm. radical uh, and. <coughs> we could do with some fresh blood in their series yeah. i actually so think they're with, saving with as well the the um the eastern ones you know they they've put out the china one which is like not one of the main series but i think for the main series it's like gonna be their counter the diminishing t- returns trump card is to release the one set in either japan or china one of the uh, in the it, main series feudal. same it'll way be feudal japan is their trump card yeah. Same way, I think that's why Activision has never done a HD remake of Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare 2, because that's what that's what every Call of Duty fan wants, is Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare 2. And I guarantee you, when the series starts seeing serious diminishing returns sales-wise, that's when they'll do HD remakes of those two yeah. games. Yeah. Sorry, um, Laura, that, I interrupted like, you. That, that, that's all right. Uh, my, my main takeaway from this whole Assassin's Creed Syndicate thing is, like, no matter how many complaints I have about it, it did prove to me one thing which I suspected going into it, which was, you show me a shiny-looking chance to be an assassin in London, and I will probably get very excited and at <laughs> yeah. least excited enough to try it. Mm. Exactly. Like, this is more excited than I've been for an Assassin's Creed in a long time, and I complain <clears throat> about it. I've, I've got complaints already, but, you know, I will play this. I will play this probably on day one, which I haven't done for an Assassin's Creed in several like, years, and I'm excited of, to do so. A lot of people who hate the series' mechanical flaws and everything, I completely respect that. But, and I was talking to Gray about this yesterday, some people forget why some people play this game is not the same reason other people play it. For me, it's always been about interactive history simulator. Albeit a very hyper real history that wasn't really history, but just getting to explore old cities and look at them in an interactive way. There's, I mean, when you really think about that, there's no other medium that can do that. And that's incredible. Getting to taste a little piece of history, you know? Yeah, and it, English history and UK and British histories are things that I find interesting. So I yeah, am, basically I you am were intrigued by the concept. Who were horrible to everyone. <laughs> Pretty much, but I, I want to, yeah, I acknowledge that. I want to experience it, though. I want to go around and see people be bastards to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish it well. Like, like mm. I, I, I love being cynical about Ubisoft stuff. I won't pretend I don't. But I do genuinely, you know, when all the bravados washed away, I do genuinely hope for the best. Like, I was mm. I was actually legitimately unhappy uh, that I gave Assassin's Creed Unity a bad review because there was so much about it that made me... It was definitely the best... Well, I'd say up until I played the, the, the Chronicles one, it was the best Assassin's Creed game I'd, I'd played at that point mm. um, as someone who historically never really liked a lot of them uh, and, and and it was just let down a by the big technical things and the sort of just the datedness of it now if syndicate fixes that then i would love to be able to say that i really enjoyed an assassin's creed game i just i just don't want them to ubersoft mm. it you know well, there, there is one there is one other like thing that we can talk about with syndicate that you know might just win you over which is are you aware of who brock lesnar is I think he's a fighter or a wrestler of some kind. I'm, yeah. I'm well aware of Brock Lesnar. 
Um, are you aware that he appears in the trailer for Assassin's Creed Syndicate? I had, I had <laughs> really? heard. I had yeah, heard. yeah. The underground boxing match. You look at the guy who's like who's got his back to the to the camera, as it were, and you look at his back tattoo, and it's like, yep, that's Brock Lesnar's back tattoo. You have got wow. me that wholesale. To me, it's so. not legit unless they have Paul Heyman right standing next to him, being sleazing, um, because that that's the era of wrestling I remember. God mm. damn it. Um, but anyway, none of this is Splatoon. Oh what? yeah, we played Splatoon this week. <laughs> Woo! It's fucking great. So yeah, Splatoon. Splatoon is fucking fun. It is very colourful and very fast paced, and it is like, hey, just shoot a load of people with your thick, creamy, colourful goo. Yeah. Like, I only got to play a little bit because, unlike Nintendo, apparently, I have a fucking life and I don't dance to their goddamn tune. Uh, but I did get some time over the weekend to give it a, a, a bit of a go. And You know, what? while, while you guys are talking about Splatoon, I'm going to just run out for a piss. Because <laughs> I have no interest <laughs> in it. <laughs> I stay there for his Ubisoft things. Um, <laughs> this is where we turn around and we're like, Ubisoft, there are a bunch of... Arseholes. They are such massive arseholes. Yeah, Gavin's not here to defend them. He's They're not here arseholes. to defend them, and he 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 loves them and wants to he, marry them and live with them. He, in a big he thinks bed. he thinks they're so nice that he wants to kiss them on their face and he does put a wedding ring on them and kiss them some more. And and on their bum holes, he wants to put a wedding ring on their bum holes and kiss their bum holes. <laughs> okay, so Splatoon. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the concept was always good. I mm. loved how colourful it looked and, and just how just how it, it it doesn't seem to give a shit. Like, it's just it's just there. It's just, this is Splatoon. We're weird and colourful and there are squids. Mm. Uh, why not? Uh, and to see that the actual gameplay matches that, the actual game... Um, is standing on the concept at least for the period I played is is very good. Very yeah, well, good. There, there were a lot of very small design design uh, decisions that I came across um, as I was playing because I put about two hours into it across their three hour long slots this weekend, and there were some little things that really impressed me. Um, first of all, if there is one of your team is on their color of ink anywhere on the map, you can tap on the gamepad and teleport to them. So you can instantly get back to a specific point in the map if you've got someone on your team there defending it. Um, I really like the balance between the different types of weapons they had going on. We, the uh, the ink roller that is very good at covering like flat surfaces in the ground but leaves you entirely open yeah, and unable like to of, defend yourself. A um, lot of people said the roller was too overpowered, but the, oh, the no. way I saw it was like... And, and even in just my brief time with it, I could see that it's it's less than it's over. It, like, sure, if they get the jump on you and hit you, you're down. Uh, and they can cover a huge amount of flat ground. But those dudes need support. Like, like they, they've mm. got no range or anything. They, they, are your, they are your heavy. They are the... They will cover a lot of ground very quickly. And, like, they will... S- Speed in as an as a squid, pop above the water, melee attack you, and do a lot of damage at once. But while they're actually out and painting, they are just sitting ducks, and they yeah, need a lot cannons. of like yeah, they are glass cannons. Um, and again, the snipe the snipers. Um, there were a lot of people I was very irritated playing with who were trying to use the snipers to actually paint the level, and I'm like, no, that is not what you're doing. You are there to defend our paint rollers. And to shoot the enemy team so that they can't be painting. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
I really wish we had online voice chat, and I don't often say that for games, purely because I want to be able to do things like shout at the person with the paint roller, where the fuck do you think you're going? Turn round and paint our base because their team can't get to our base. (laughs) You have the paint roller. If we paint the base, we're wasting our time. You have the paint roller. Go back and paint the fucking base. It's free points. So basically, Laura, the snipers were pissing everyone off and ruining the game for everyone else. What a shocker. (laughs) Never seen that in a game before. But this is it. It's like, usually the snipers, like, ruin everything by like being bad at shooting people but no here they were fundamentally misunderstanding their purpose it's like do what snipers do and shoot people from a long way away and keep people safe from being shot oh oh, believe me laura snipers fundamentally misunderstand their purpose in lots of games (laughs) have you seen quick scope at least then (laughs) at least they're not trying to shoot the floor yeah (laughs) <laughs> because they think the floor needs shooting. It's like, no, don't shoot the floor. Shoot the other ink things. Yeah, but I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. I like how it really does seem a very tactical game. And, and I understand, I mean, I'm not a, a fan of voice chat anywhere, uh, but I do see why people are complaining about this, just because it is a mm. surprisingly tactical game. Yes, uh, it is. The it is very much really like need a, to coordinate. It is a squad-based game. How and does it like, not have even voice if it was chat? Only with because Nintendo were How afraid that pedophiles will grab onto you over the internet. Chat. Because Nintendo is scared pedophiles will get you. Wow. That is it. They are they are afraid that children will talk to pedophiles, and that's why they don't let you t- have voice chat in any games. So, I mean, well, I mean, like... we could sort we could shorten that answer to just because Nintendo. Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a pretty I mean, glaring it's just a mission. <sighs> yeah, like here's the thing: I will inevitably only play this game with with friends, and I will play with them on Skype, and we will make squads, and we will have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it it irritated me at times that I could not communicate with my squad, and I didn't mm-hmm. think that would be the case with Splatoon. Yeah, I mean, do they have ways for the the? Ca- I, they do vaguely, don't they? They have like you can make the character say booyah and stuff but there's no way to actually like left for dead had that thing like a a real big response wheel where you can um shout out that you need help you can shout out that that you know something's going wrong over here um they've got no way of the characters to communicate much like that Mm -hmm. all i saw was two two bits of praise like like one's booyah or something, and the other one's just like like you know hi or, or yippee or whatever. You have words you can say, but none of them are tactics based, and that is a problem. Yeah. Mm. But either way, like I I am excited for Splatoon. I just hope that it has enough people playing it that it doesn't go the way of Titanfall. And two weeks after launch, no one's playing it. Yeah, yeah. Here's hoping. I mean, well, it's it's. it's- it's a Nintendo thing, so it's it's a different environment. There's less to distract, mm. and I don't mean that in a terrible way. Um, it's just that, <coughs> that that niche isn't really filled on the yeah. Wii U. Well, so fingers in- crossed it'll do well. Interestingly as well, they're going with a kind of a risky strategy for its launch, which I think they're banking on giving it some long-term legs, which is that there's very little content in it at launch, but they have a a very, very long tail to free content output where they are apparently planning six months to a year of free content for that game, but it comes at the expense of the game is going to have a fairly limited set of maps, modes, and items at launch. But it's like, hey, every week or two, we're going to throw some new stuff in for you. 
I mean, I I kind of like it. I mean, because mm. they they did stuff with that like that with Hyrule Warriors, and they've done stuff like that with Mario Kart on a smaller scale of of paid and free uh, content updates, and. I kind of because Titanfall's big problem wasn't that it was a bad game. It was I thought it was a great game. It's just there was no reason to go back after a mm. week. You know, there was no. I'd been there, done that, happy with it, moved on. Um, whereas it seems like Nintendo here are being savvy enough to realise that no, we got to keep them hooked. And if there's something new coming every few weeks, uh, then I'm happy to have it launch. Like this is the closest I've I've seen to an actual game as service in the big budget console space that isn't a bullshit watchword for DRM. Um, mm. That actually feels like you're buying something that with a guarantee of expansion. And yeah. I'm interested in it. I mean, I'm interested yeah, to see how it that's, works. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that it's low price point will just like it's it's. I think it's about twenty pound in the UK, so it's a fairly low price point for a Wii U game which will hopefully justify to players the fairly minimal stuff that's in there at launch, and then hopefully the content every couple of weeks will keep people coming back to it and keep people engaged. That's what I really, really hope. I can also see how that could go really badly and people won't buy it because the reviews say there's only X number of maps and modes in it at launch, and then because no one was invested at the start, no one is there to stay invested, and... I could see how that could go very wrong, but I really hope it doesn't. We'll see. I mean, they're marketing it to kids, uh, as as evidenced by that Squid Kid commercial <laughs> that Nintendo fans are so angry at. I'm like, come on, guys! Like, it's a fun game about squid it's boys like, and you, girls. You you remember the 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 Zelda rap, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the advert is lame and it, and it, it makes me cringe. But at the same time, the people who are like, "Man, I'm so embarrassed. Nintendo's embarrassing us." It's like, dude, like like. You're the guys who get excited over Tingle. Okay? Now, I'm not judging that. I get excited over Tingle. But let's not pretend that we have some great claim to dignity, I, guys. I, I did just want to add to the end of that advert. I just wanted that advert to end with your parents help you hook it up. I was like, oh, I'm just yeah. about so. It did feel delight. It felt delightfully nineties. I felt very, I felt very nostalgic. I was like, you know what? It's cheesy, but it makes me feel some sense of, of childhood warmth. Wants me to go out and... It makes me want to go out and buy some mini Boglins. You know? Mini Boglins, yeah. That's what I want in life. I, I want Boglins. to buy a cup of, of pick and mix from, from Woolworths and yeah. sit there playing Splatoon all Saturday morning until I get told that I have to go see my grandmother. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to play Splatoon and eat my pick and mix. Damn right. That's what we yeah. all want to do, Nintendo. Let's yeah. do it. I don't want to do my homework. I want to play Splatoon. We have pick and mix and our Boglins. Um, right, I guess we, we're almost time for user questions. Before we do that, though, I do want to address something um, with, oh, with, with our yeah. fan base. I know um, where this is going, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you were kind of, you were called out in it as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of, I don't want to go specifically into the argument because I, I, even though the person unfriended me from Facebook, I do like the person. Um, mm, as do um, I. And it, it got, it, it, it uh, a long time fan of 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 our work and and podquisition and whatnot um but i've been commissioning a project for the Junquisition um 
it, it's a paid commission. Uh, and mm. I, I do actually, it looks like, fingers crossed, I've got someone on it now and it's going to lead to some fun yeah. stuff on the show. Um, but I did sort of make a joking um, complaint about it on my personal Facebook where I was like, man, it's so hard to get someone to make this um, ridiculous item. This weird esoteric item that nobody would ever think to make. Yeah, uh, and that was me lamenting it. And then I, I got basically, long story short, I got into an argument about um, uh, potentially exploiting um, a fan's willingness to make something. And now this was based mm. on a misunderstanding, the misunderstanding that I was intending someone to make me a prop to use professionally for free, uh, which I, I had no intention of doing. If I'm if I'm doing something for the Jimquisition, um, you know, I want to be able to pay someone for it, uh, as well as the exposure angle. You know, just exposure is a bullshit thing. Uh, mm. I've worked for companies that, that did internships and all that stuff, and and it's it's <coughs> it's it's not something I'm I'm pleased about. Um, but when it comes to other things, um, the issue came up that if you're soliciting fan art uh, or, or stuff like that, then you're potentially taking advantage of, of fans and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, this comes especially uh, recently when I, I kind of jokingly mentioned at the end of a, a video I did, uh, um, I played a game called Shrooms, and I started talking about crabs with big milky udders. And I just sort of muttered at the end of the video, someone draw me a crab with udders. Um, not really expecting much of a response, um, but I, I really should have because I was inundated with, with drawings that ranged from, like, 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 you know, jokingly awful to genuinely fucking brilliant and grotesquely detailed of these crustaceans with huge, milky, swollen, uh, engorged udders, um, uh, with teeming with crab milk. Um, and, and, and I was thrilled with it and I was showing this stuff off and, and someone, um, you know, th this argument occurred where it was like, if you solicit for stuff like that, you're disrespecting artists, expecting them to do your stuff for free. Uh, and I did just want to address, cause, cause I know Laura has done it on this show. We've, we've kind of done it here before yeah. where we mentioned fan art and everything. Um, don't ever feel obligated mm. to do anything we ask. I mean, that, that should be a given anyway. Um, but, but that, that stuff, this kind of stuff affects me in certain ways. I get very sort of anxious mm -hmm. about about feeling like I am uh, taking advantage of people, about um, you know doing something untoward or, or, or dare I say it unethical. Uh, and I just want to point that out. Like like if if anyone listening feels that we're taking advantage of their their talent and their willingness to do weird shit, um, by all means don't do it. By all means, hell, speak the fuck up. Um, I certainly won't judge anyone if they, they mm. take stuff, something like that personally. Uh, and, and, and I mean, I won't take it personally if someone feels that way. Um, you know, I have people drawing porn of, of, of a, a lady Mysterio uh, and do weird pornographic pictures of, of me as a woman uh, on my Ask FM, and I never asked for that person to do it um but i they do have my permission and my blessing and the <laughs> mysterio they drew with the big tits saying hi jim is my phone wallpaper because <laughs> a her work is fucking brilliant and b she seems to know exactly what i like um but i do want to point out that that you know you guys support us in in various ways uh, whether they're buying music of ours off bandcamp supporting us on patreon or just just watching our videos mm. reading our articles uh, which is Already more than we could ask for. And I do just want to say that, that 
everything you do is appreciated. Everything you, you all the, the art you do of your own volition is incredible. And I do not ever want to feel like you guys ever, like, like we're taking the piss. Um, so yeah, like none of us are ever going to be disappointed that you didn't draw a thing that we jokingly stupidly suggested might be funny to draw like none of us are ever going to come away and be like well our fan base are shit now because they wouldn't draw me being a super woman with the power of ejaculation like that's never going to happen it's a case of like hey we make some silly jokes sometimes and like if you think oh that's a funny thing i would like to put some time into doing that then that's that's great we love that when we see it and it like really makes us smile but equally like please do let us know if we ever make any kind of suggestion like that that comes across like we're making some kind of demand of your time that's yeah, yeah. like I mean, not think, fairly valuing what you do. I mean, I read all the comments that the show gets on, um, especially on thegymquisition.com. I monitor all the stuff there. I mean, certainly if, if you're someone who's done art for us, if you think that, that us re- requesting, um, you know, and we always do it, tongue in cheek um you know we we know someone's gonna be ridiculous enough to do it but we don't we don't expect it you know done um but if you do think doing that is crass do let us know um i i but like i said i mean you know i'm sure many people will will think we're Mm. being a bit overly serious here but i yeah i do (laughs) i know you do if people want to do fucking fan art like do fan art fan art is done by themselves for fun and who could misinterpret you asking for fan art as something that well, you, you you should, you know, be using on a professional I, level? Sorry. I, I can appreciate <laughs> you know? it's it's fun. I, I can appreciate the, the I can appreciate where the complaint comes from. It is this thing of we have a we have a large following here and there's a lot of people that really enjoy what we do, and as such, I can understand where the, the fear comes from of like, if we say, hey, hey, like, because I think I've joked once on this show, I can't remember what fan art it was, but I joked, oh, I expect it on my desk by Monday morning. And, like, I can understand where something like that could come off, like, hey, I am now expecting you as a fan, if you want to, you, you're an arty fan, you you want to you wanna do art, you, you like us, do the thing by the time I told you. Like, I can see where that comes from, even if I don't, like... Even if that was never the intention, I can see where the concern comes from. So, yeah, yeah we got a bit serious there, didn't we? On the other hand, yeah, if you're misinterpreting I... jokes, this may not be the right podcast for you. <laughs> Quite possible, <laughs> you know. Quite possibly, but I did just want to. I just want to point out just how, just basically, I mean, the takeaway message is just how much we fucking value. Mm-hmm. Um, not like the time you put in just listening to the show, not to mention any extra time you you guys put in of your own uh, choice. Um, it's, 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 the overall message is just that, that everybody love everybody and, yeah. and you all are just pretty fucking amazing, really. Yeah, there's some amazing artists. Some of the stuff that you, that you put up is actually, I'm gobsmacked by how good it is, like. Yeah. Like, there, there's that one piece of fan art that I know both of you have seen that I use as my phone background, which was one of the early bits of Podquisition fan art we got, which was, um, all three of us in different colors, like blue, yeah. green, and red, and it was mm. thank really God cool. for them. That's and, also oh, I on love my that one uh, so much. It's also on my Miracle of Sound um, fan art page as well. Nice. It's really, really, I really mean, cool. Yeah. To be honest, 
you all are, like every single one of you, even the ones who don't do art, you're all too talented to be wasting your time listening to us anyway. <laughs> exactly. Why are you listening to us? We're a load of bullshit. You should go, go do a walk in the park, listen to a podcast about science. Um, good job, Brain. That's a good one. They teach you about trivia and stuff. Go listen to that. That's actually going to teach you something worth knowing. Um, um, just quickly to address something shit. else. Um, this is nothing serious, but a lot of people were asking me and probably you guys to talk about Witcher 3 this week, but I think, needless to say, we're hyped for it, and I think you're going to be so sick of us talking about it in the next two weeks, after <laughs> after we've all had time to blood properly blood. play it, I think we mm. can we can leave it off for this week, because th- we're going to have so like, much to say about that game over the next month. Yeah, I haven't... I haven't reviewed it yet. I haven't um, gotten a copy because most, I, I believe, all of the reviews so far have been uh, PS4 debug. And mm. some of us are waiting for the PC version, like actual adults. Yeah. Uh, so it's people who want PC code or non debug, like retail code, are having to wait. As best I understand it, it's going to be at best a day before release that we get retail code. Yeah, so it's a bit... We kind of... The rest yeah. of us are kind of stuck. Um, but I'm I'm currently in that waiting position as well, being like, hey, I don't have a debug kit, but can you send me code? Yeah, I know Angry Joe as well said he's, he's uh, in the same boat. So it looks like we're all in the same boat, those of us yeah. without debug, um, and want to play it on PC. Uh, so I'm There's, definitely looking forward to it. There is yeah. there is only one thing that I can say about it this week that I now know and I'm kind of, I think is kind of cool. There is dynamic beard growth in yes, this I've game. Yes, I've heard about that. Every, yeah, every in-game day your beard grows slightly, and that's... Yeah. I haven't been aware of that in video games before, and I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like I'm going to have my hours... Geralt looking like fucking Gandalf, man. <laughs> His beard is going if, like, long. <laughs> who was I Who was I talking to? I think it might have been Phil Kohler over at Polygon, possibly, who was mentioning that they had to go and shave their character's face every hour because they wanted a clean-shaven character, and every hour it's like, right, got to go back to a town and have a shave. Yeah, because I, I have trouble with that. That's like, going to need like, an auto-shave mechanic, isn't it? Probably, because yeah. I, I hated it in... Like, I mean, I loved it because it was so pointless and also, like, awesome through its pointlessness. Um, but I am... I can be a little bit, like, overly anal about certain things. And mm. having to shave York's face in Deadly Premonition <laughs> drove me, like, like up the wall. Because um, I'm not a fan of, of facial hair in a lot of instances. I've grown to tolerate it on some men if they're particularly attractive. <clears throat> um, but um, Gavin, of course, is included in that group. Um, can't stand it on Fucking myself. hipsters, like, man. They ruined it for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't stand it on myself because I find it very uncomfortable. And as a result, I find beards on characters I can customise to be something I avoid. At the same time, I really want to see, like, Gandalf of Rivia. Mm. Uh, but at the... Um, but at the same time, like I, I, I can't help but look at him when he's going to be in that half, half neck beardy phase, just thinking about how itchy it is, and I'm going to want to shave it off. Yeah. Well, it's like I, I'm fine with my character in The Witcher Three having like a Gandalf length beard. What I don't want is them to have like the kind of beard where I will look at them and think, if I were to kiss you, you'd scratch up my face. Like yeah. that's I don't want to have to look at that. No. Hopefully, you it's an optional like thing. That. Hopefully there's an option gonna, to just keep it in a certain style and just leave it that way. That doesn't seem to be from what I heard. Hmm. But yeah, well, I'm going to shave that first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super psyched for it. So. Yeah, I, I am very excited to get the code that I don't currently have. 
Yeah, me too. So yeah, should we do some, <laughs> should we do some Twitter questions? Yes, let's get into those questions. How are we how are we doing for time? Yeah, we got time for some Twitter questions. Oh, where did I put the Twitter questions? Ba, 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 ba. Uh, we've got a question from Kai on Twitter. There's been uh, there's been a recount, and somehow Podquisition has been elected as the new UK government. What are your policies? <laughs> uh, let's see. Ubisoft has to change its name to um, Fuck Poo. No, they have to change their name to Ubisoft with an intercaps to S, so that it's like ah ha ha, they're soft. Yes, I'll just call them soft dick penis. You, you be you be soft penis. I might be, I might be I might not be being too subtle. I might not be subtle enough for this. I would deport deport Simon Cowell for a start. <laughs> and Pierce Morgan. Can can we just can we deport Konami <laughs> from from the planet? Just put from them the, on the planet. Moon. Yes, they got to go somewhere else. Put them on the moon where their fucking logic is. <laughs> I, I would, let's say, I would have the police track down my stepdad and uh, make him clown prince of Britain and make him dress up like a jester. Cool. That got very real. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've, I've been dealing with shit this week. <laughs> um, I would make it that all all big video game conventions have to come to the UK now and that all... Um, anyone that shares my name, anyone called Laura, um, gets free money every week and doesn't have to pay for where they live. Basically, I'd be a politician. Oh, oh, oh I made a political satire. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we are nailing the comedy this week. <laughs> nailing it to a wall. Yeah, and by nailing, you mean dice. nailing the coffin shut. <laughs> Um, so what other questions do we have? Um, Abraham Washington wants to ask, what's your favourite non-food item that you've ever eaten? I don't know. The answer to this is obvious on my part and not suitable for the airwaves. Oh. Oh, yeah, that, that's actually the perfect answer. Mm. I, I, ate a, I ate a packing peanut once, the sort of foam things. They're not too bad. They're basically like unflavoured watsits. <laughs> I I've chewed on grass as a child, um, and did uh, at some point get into the habit of eating sheets of paper. I went through that phase. I think we all do yeah. that, and the tops of yeah. our, our tops of our plastic pens and no, it's yeah, chips um, of Lego rubbers or... rubbers on the end of pen, uh, pencils. Oh, they're so tasty. Mm. Erasers, erasers on pencils. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't think we'd have this many answers. Yeah, that's too many answers. That's, that's, I feel bad that we have this many answers. Um, Abraham Washington has another question oh, that I'm... That <laughs> do we want to deal with that one? I don't know how to answer that, that, that one. I don't think we'll have answers You for. put it in the thing, Gavin. What is this? About it's the fetishes? It's the one about fetishes, yeah. Did you have an answer for that when you put it in the chat? Um, Jim. That's my answer. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the question was, what was it like? What, what, uh, the, rev the, what reviled fetish would you have if you had to have one? That's so weird. Like, what does he? There's a. That's a question that leads to questions. It's yeah. like, what do you mean by who, fetish? Who defines for one? the reviled? Yeah, like yeah. as someone yeah. as someone who once, for his own enjoyment, got himself electrocuted. <laughs> there's not a lot. 
Like <laughs> it's 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 way more fun than you think. Uh, there's not a lot I would judge. Like well, it's like there there are some that like they're not a fetish for me, but I think I can see what the appeal is. If I had to go for one, I could see that. Like mm. I can see the appeal in balloons. Because it's the tension of, oh, when's it going to pop? When's it going to pop? Ah, the thing happened. I can see the appeal of that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been around many, many a kinky individual. Um, and there is pretty much nothing uh, that shocks me. And a lot of it I could, I'm willing to give mm. a go. If it doesn't hurt anyone else, then, you know, whatever floats your personal exactly. boat, mm. that is cool with you. I, I mean, can, and again, I the definition the of hurt, of let's say, like, well, like non-consensual yes. hurt, because there is still, uh, there's a lot of that. I've, se- I've seen some shit, uh, and, and it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, so I don't really, if it's fetish in that context of, you know, it's pure... It's- consent or it's pure fantasy pure roleplay type stuff i don't really revile any of it personally no, i mm. i don't see any of it as reviled like it's like hey you know what some of them i get some of them i don't you do what you gotta do i mean i just i i, I try not to laugh at any of it uh, myself personally and and i i really Although, i got no judgment at all i have to say on a, on a very just visceral level scat porn is just fucking revolting <laughs> that is one like, that is one that i i don't I just, see I the appeal that, in man. but <laughs> I, just, I don't see the appeal but i understand vomit, that like. for some people it works for them yeah. i mean that is one that, that yeah i don't i don't need to see it yeah uh, i don't need i don't need to see cum snorting either um i have i have stumbled on that once before oh, and, uh, I, not for I, me I will say kind of the, I don't like to call any, any fetishes hilarious, but there is one that I, I found very amusing to learn was a thing, which was, um, cake farting, which is literally you get a naked person, they'll sit on a cake and fart on it. (laughs) And again, I don't see the appeal, but if that's your thing, you're not hurting anyone, go you. Yeah. Seriously. I've seen seen some, it exists. I've seen some, uh, weird, um, and I, I don't mean weird in a judgmental way, but I have seen an, uh, a pornography of a woman that was dressed like a half-human, half-spider. We actually talked about this, I think, on uh, Dismal Jesters or something. At I think that's where I heard about it, actually. It might have been from yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I've seen else? gifts of pterodactyl <laughs> porn, of guys dressed as pterodactyls having sex with people. Uh, and again, like it, it's all it's all fun, mm. even if I'm not into it specifically. Um mm. But yeah, uh, as far as own, the, yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as anything fetish-wise or, or whatever that I might choose to be into or might actually be into, I, I think that's between me and the electrodes, to be honest. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. It's like if 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 I if if my fiance was to turn around tomorrow and be like, "Hey, I am really turned on by cotton wool," you know, we'd make it work. I'd, I'd give it a shot. Exactly. There, there's very few things I wouldn't try. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's pretty much my answer. I like. We. I, I, I find it hard to say because because saying you have to choose one implies you might not necessarily have any unique yeah. or fetishes already. <laughs> Indeed. So time I for will... us to move on and find a better question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jasper Sinji wants to ask, what genre of games? Did we once like that we now dislike, and why? 
platformers and because of just not really them doing anything new and just getting bored of the same old thing. I can see that. Mm. And as um, well, with, with, when 3D came in and changed everything, I kind of lost interest in platformers for them because suddenly the word immersion appeared and that was more appealing to me than challenge, if that makes any sense. For me, yeah, for me, I think it's sports games because mm. back in the, like, the, the NES and Super NES era, I really enjoyed playing local multiplayer sports games with people because most mm. of them didn't in any way actually require you to know the rules of the sport. They just boiled yeah. down to hit the thing into the other thing. And I was pretty good at them. And they Konami were very sort of arcade. For, like, <laughs> yeah, generally they were very arcadey. They weren't like simulations. And Did you guys play that I crazy one? I had a lot of fun one? with them when I had friends. Did you guys play that crazy one on the NES, which you, you'd like, if you were playing as Mexico, you could kick the football in a special move and it would fly off the side of the pitch and then go bulleting into the goal automatically. What was it called? It was like completely ridiculous. It was amazing. But, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the era of sports games where they didn't actually resemble sports in any way. And when I had friends in nearby locations who I could play them with. Yeah, I, I used to I used to be into... I, I would play sports games back when visually and mechanically they didn't resemble any real sport because the games couldn't do it. Nintendo um, World Cup. That's what it was called. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> I used to love uh, wrestling games, but I'm kind of not into wrestling anymore, so I, mm. I don't really play them. I used to love the uh, the SmackDown on the PS2. I used to love playing SmackDown. Um, then when it became WWE versus Raw on the 360, I tried it on the 360, and they changed. It got to that point where oh, they've changed it, and now it sucks. And I didn't like sort of the changes they'd made to it, and then I never picked up another one. So I guess for me, I used I used to be a big fan of the WWE games, and they're just because I'm not into mm -hmm. wrestling anymore, and because of of my last experience with one, I just kind Fi of not into it now. Fighting games as well is another one I lost interest in because I hate anything that I'm not the best at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I used to try. Uh, fighting games is my big Achilles heel in terms of coverage. I just, mm. I can't do the one-on-one -on -one fighter. I don't have the the foresight for it. I don't mm. have the the ability to stay that cool for it. I'm just mm. not psychologically built that's, for it. That's an interesting chat to have another day, actually, because this is another thing I was talking to Gray about recently. We were arguing about natural talent versus skill and practice, and my argument was that. There is a huge degree of natural talent in, in involved in how good people are at gaming, and he doesn't think so. He thinks anyone can get good, and I, I don't agree. I I think that there is like natural aspects involving coordination, reaction yeah. speed, and just like your ability to mentally process things at a certain pace that are inherent. That I don't mm. think you can you can reliably train those in people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, training can make you better. Training can make yeah. up for shortcomings, but the shortcomings exist, and the mm. talent exists. Yes. Uh, you can only build upon or fill in cracks, and therefore, yeah. if, if people who build upon will always get better than someone who's filling in holes, yeah. you know. And you can, um, in many circumstances, you can compensate for a lack of talent with a lot of work, but you probably would yeah. never be quite as good as the person who was naturally had that coordination and, as you said, Jim, yeah. the, the foresight and the psychological aspects. I love watching it, though. I, mm. I enjoyed watching Evo last year 
Um, I enjoy watching like some classic Street Fighter mm. matches where you just see the like I, I've described it before. It's poetry when you watch these guys who know know the thing in and out and yeah. adds that level of of psychologically reading their opponents and it's like, they're fucking dancing with characters I, on screen. Like I've never been a big fighting games person, but the one fighting game that like I understand well enough to watch at a competitive level and to understand the nuance of what's happening is Smash Brothers. And I know that's a really weird one to say, but. Like, I really enjoyed watching last year's Smash Brothers Invitational they did at E3, because it was just really impressive to watch these people pulling off things and anticipating things that were just above my skill level. Mm. I mean, I always count Super Smash Brothers different from other fighting games, mm. just because I can actually play that one. Well, that's, um, that's it. It's the one I can lot. play, and as such, it's the one that I can understand the nuance in, like, mm. when they're doing specific, like, frame, like, frame-specific dodges and things, I'm like... I can't do that, but I know what you're doing. It, it, you get to appreciate just how worse you are at the game than these <laughs> <Yes>. people. <laughs> so, uh, have we got any more questions that we want to answer? Um, there was one there. Oh, there was one good one that I linked in the chat, actually, which had a different question for all three of us, and they were all good questions. Oh, yes. Um, I've got to find that in one second. Um so what's happening? Oh, sorry, I've just got a DM from someone on Twitter. You know what I'm going to have to review on a future episode of this podcast? What? The hot yeah. coffee mod for uh, for, for GTA. Oh, oh wonderful. Go. Someone, I will say thank you very much. Let me find the name. This is, I will give you a shout out now. Um, Marcus Crafting, who has literally just um, DM'd me on Twitter to say, hey, I've posted the thing out. It should be with you in the near future. I really super appreciate that. I I many times said, like, are you sure you're okay to part ways with this? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm never going to use it. Here you go. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you to him. We are going to have a review in the future of Hot Coffee. Mm. Woo! Anyway, yeah, where was your question that had questions for all three of us? I don't know. I'm trying to find it. Here's one in the meantime, though. Mark Snowball, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> Personally, I'm surprised it took us this I, long to get to that question. I don't think there is one, but I think it's beautiful that we make meanings through art and friendship and love and stuff like that. That's my perspective on that. Podquisition is life. Life is podquisition. God damn it. Cause those, those were some good. Oh, here we go. So, Laura first. Um, this is from uh, Stickman Souza or Adam. Laura, what would your crystal gem be? Oh, okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is Steven Universe, which is the thing that I have been talking about a lot recently. Um, very, very well done um, sort of animated children's comedy thing about super-powered people. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I am doing a cosplay of Pearl from, uh, from Steven Universe in about a week's time at MCM in London. So anyone who's interested in that, I'll be doing a cosplay. But I think... I think ultimately, like, it would be very similar to Pearl. It is just like, hey, I am very much nervous about everything. And like, don't let anyone get hurt. And overly cautious about everything. So I hope that answers the question. Jim, your question was, what's your favorite dildo? What is my favorite dildo? Um, probably the one that my friend got me for my birthday. Um, my friend Kathy last birthday got me a, a big, um, big brown one, 
and she'd replaced the packaging um, to make it look like it was modelled on my friend and former colleague and uh, editor-in-chief of Destructoid, Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it's such a curved penis that it is of no practical use, um, but it is still like the most penis. touching... It, very much. I mean, it's got an impressive fucking like it's a it's a fucking like, it's, banana it's a, shape. It's a boomer. It's a boomerang. It's like I yeah. throw this inside myself. It's going to return. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is. It is not a practical one. Um, it, it is. Uh, it's not Gregor, and that's what I've named my, um, one of them uh, that I have. Uh, but it is uh, the most touching dildo I've ever received. <laughs> Literally. And what was your question, Gavin? Mine was, uh, what is my lowest singing note? And the answer to that is B1. And you can hear the B1 in both The Day the World Died and in the Game of Thrones song When Winter Comes. So that's where you can hear me what, go what real is a B1? low. B1 oh, is about... Gavin, I've just shit myself. It's like about... It's about 20 hertz above where it becomes subsonic noise. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we have one more question we can probably probably do, which is from Blue Jay on Twitter. Um, last week we heard Gavin's least favorite Zelda game, but what are Jim and Laura's least favorite? Now, for me, that's a really easy question to answer. My least favorite Zelda game by a long, long way is Spirit Tracks on the DS. Oh, I am not a fan of Spirit Tracks. I totally fucking agree, actually. Mm. That was the it's... perfect example of how a game fucks up when it tries to make one one input method do everything. Yeah, because it's like, I could kind of see, like, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with Phantom Hourglass. It was the first one of its kind, like... It made some missteps, but I was willing to forgive it and be like, look, they'll learn from it in the sequel. And note, the sequel got worse. Yeah, I mean, both of those... I don't... Actually, now that I think about it, because I always forget there were two, I think Phantom Hourglass is the one I played, and mm. I will put that one as my least favourite. Yeah. Because it's... I don't want him fucking rolling when I'm trying to run and fucking yes. throwing a thing when I'm trying to swing a thing. Like, Basically, just... as bad as that was, Spirit Tracks got worse. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of the touchscreen control Zeldas by any stretch. Yeah, I'm taking that one too, because fuck those yeah. games. So, that'll do. Should, should we wrap up here then? Is this we, a good place to wrap up for the week? We should. This has been a, an extra, mm. extra bit of long. podcast for them this week. Mm. Um, and I'm tired now and need to do a sleepy. Mm. Um, and next, yeah, next, Nora... next week will be The Witcher 3 special, no doubt. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to have so much to say. If you, got, um, if you got sick of hearing about Bloodborne, wait till you hear us <laughs> go on about this one. <laughs> oh, also next week we have to talk about the Jamiroquai game because most me oh, and Jim what? forgot to talk about the Jamiroquai game. I forgot that about exists. the Jamiroquai can, game. Can we talk about the Jamiroquai game <laughs> quickly <laughs> before we go? I okay. played a game called Jamiroquai game. That's all it's called. Yeah. I found out about it on Boing Boing's Offworld site. Um, it's, you know, Virtual Insanity. Yeah. The music video in which Jamiroquai is being chased by furniture in a white room. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the game. Uh, it just plays well. the opening bars of Virtual Insanity while they clearly stock Unity 3D asset with a top hat. Um, it kind of moonwalks in place and you use the arrow keys to make him move around it's, to avoid the couches is, that are flying at That's awesome. It is, a, it is a huge one-note joke, but it's a one-note joke that had me laughing far longer than it should have. Because, and most importantly, it was free. Yeah. It wasn't on Steam. It wasn't some developer who had high ideas about fucking putting it on Greenlight and charging money for it. Uh, it. It is where most Steam games belongs, and that's why it was tolerable. Mm. Uh, here is my takeaway. It was... It was a it was a silly little experience that was great because it was free and it knew how silly it was, and it was all just dance as Jamiroquai, don't sit on the sofas, and watch the tension rises. It's like, oh, I dodged all the sofas. I dodged. Oh no, I ragdolled. Yeah. I got hit by the sofa. I put on a podcast. I played that for twenty minutes, and it <laughs> no. made me that was chuckle such for a twenty cool minutes. Music video. It was good. Oh, and I, I agree miss, with I what miss a lot of, good pop music, guys. <laughs> I agree with what a lot of commenters said to the video I did, where they're like, if you put that in the hands of another developer, someone who wants to like put the actual work and effort in, and made the room rotate and added like loads more elements from the video into it, like that would be a legitimately brilliant game, like Super is, Hexagon meets the well, Generic If you remember his video for the Godzilla, um, the Godzilla one, which was Deeper Underground, I believe the song was called, the video was pretty much him in a video game, like jumping around on shit, dodging falling buildings. It was the same as um, that one, except instead of furniture, it was like choppers and shit. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think you're entirely right. Like there was some inherent like skill and depth in the mechanics of that game, and then the silly one note joke. Yeah, they mm. found they actually found something worth being satirical about, mm. rather than just being the same old. Rather than making a shit game and then retroactively deciding that it was um, a joke, that it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Not not referencing anyone in particular, mind you. Yes. Particularly not anyone who um, failed to prevent voice actors from leaving their game this week. Because they're so incompetent and they're stupid. S- they put winky faces in their fucking contracts, they're yeah. idiots. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> that's that. Um, that's the, that is Jamiroquai game, so... Jamiroquai game. Are we done? Um, we are done, but people may want to check out the virtual insanity that is the work you do online, Laura. How can they do that? Well, if they go to Twitter... At If they go to Twitter at Laura K Buzz or Patreon at Laura K Buzz, you can find all of the things that I do. Um, if you want to see my the full version of my interview with Frank Iero, that is on Patreon right now, and the magazine that that interview is going to be in isn't out yet. So you want to you want to see that early? Go go check the Patreon. Go see my Patreon. You can hear me talk to. A My Chemical Romance Man. <laughs> and Gavin, you do stuff as well, I have heard. Yes, if you want to Tell. hear my smooth jazz versions of Nickelback songs, <laughs> you can just look for Miracle of Sound on Twitter or YouTube. And that's not actually a thing I do, just in case you got <laughs> you... really excited there, because I know some of you did. You panicked for a moment there when you thought, what if they what if they take this as genuine? Yeah. Um, as for me, well, I mean, you know all about my rubbish. Um, we will be here next week as per normal, 
probably talking about Witcher 3 until your faces fall off and, and sheer boredom. Mm. Uh, but we're going to do it anyway. It's going to be a laugh. It's going to be a great time. Mm. Um, thank you always. Again, harking back to what we said earlier, thank you for everything you do um, for us, with us, to entertain us, to help us, to support us, to, or if you're just simply listening thank, or watching. Thank you for listening and me being part of the group that somehow got us to number seven on iTunes at one point. At one thank point, you yes. for helping us do that. Thank you for everything. We will see you next time. Um, and as everyone knows, as Destructors has told us, it's pronounced Geralt, and we'll be doing that constantly next week. No, it's Geralt. It's Geralt. It's Geralt. Geralt. Of, of River Run. <laughs> the Witchings 4. <laughs> Bye. Uh- <laughs>